Blog Talk Radio. Once again, fellas, it's 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome into the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast. We cover it all, sports gambling, hot takes, food, music, all with a Philly flavor. And yes, we'll take your calls on the hotline. Time to get the party started. Here's your hosts, Donnie and Jeff. Hey, hey, welcome in to the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast. I am the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. It is Monday, December 30th, 2019, and we are embarking on the end of the year. We're back. We've had a couple of days off uh, due to the weekend last night. Uh, had some things going on. Weren't able to get to the show, but we're back another week, another day, another dollar. I'm here alone tonight. However... We'll have a co-host joining me in just a second. Our good friend Ryan will join the show. Uh, We'll go over uh, what we saw yesterday in the NFL. We'll talk about bowls tomorrow. We'll talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, Take your phone calls as well. Uh, If you have a college basketball question, feel free uh, to give us a call uh, whenever you want. No problems. Uh, 515-605-9349. Again, 515-605-9349. 515-605-9349. This is your chance, folks. If you're out there, you want basketball info, you want to talk NFL, you want to talk about whatever, this is your chance to do it. Give me a call uh, whenever we can talk about it live on the phone lines. Um, hope everyone had a great uh, weekend. It was a fun weekend around uh, these parts. I uh, you know, watched plenty of football and basketball, and we embark on the new year, as I said, tomorrow New Year's Eve, but let's bring in our co-host. Uh, if you've listened to me on the right side of campus, my YouTube channel, wherever, you know our co-host, it's Ryan. Ryan, uh, how you doing tonight, man? Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, doing great. Doing great. I hope you're doing well as well, um, as I, I'm sure you are. Um, you know, happy holidays to you, first and foremost. I uh, hope you had a, uh, a good holiday, uh, and happy New Year to you, buddy. Yeah, same to you, man. Uh, we'll talk plenty of Eagles football tonight. We'll talk about the playoffs. Uh, the matchups are set. Uh, you know, we'll set some bowl games tomorrow. I got a bowl game I'm looking at. Uh, currently, Ryan, just before we get into NFL talk, uh, a couple of games in progress right now. A good one in the Big East. Yep. DePaul ahead of the Seton Hall Pirates, 45-44, uh, out in Chicago. That game has uh, got about 15 minutes to go. Uh, there's also a, a bowl game going on right now. I believe Florida's up. 24-14 on Virginia. I got to tell you, Ryan, and, and I don't know about you, but these bowl games today, I've had absolutely no interest in. I had no bets on them. Uh, these are some ugly bowl games, aren't they? At least these ones. Yeah, today was pretty was pretty poor. Um, there's no doubt about that. N- not much interest. I mean, I'll be honest, that Cal-Illinois game, like, I didn't even realize that game was on until there was, like, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. I, like, it just shows you how little of interest that I, I had in it. Um, I kind of like Virginia tonight, I'll be honest, and they're they're really battling um, you know, against Florida. Uh, I thought 16 points was a lot of points, so um, I did I, I did like uh, Virginia tonight. 
If you have a phone call you want to make, you can join us. We'll talk about whatever you want. You want to talk bowl games. You want to talk soccer. You want to talk whatever. I don't care. I don't think Ryan will give you much help with soccer, but I'm welcome uh, to it. Uh, we'll get Ryan's thoughts on the playoff games coming up. Ryan, tonight I had the uh, Xavier Musketeers tonight plus six and a half. Can I tell you about the ending? Listen to this ending, Ryan. So I'm getting six and a half at Villanova, okay? It's a six-point mm-hmm. game with six. Six and a half seconds to go. Xavier has the ball inbounding it. Now, they cannot win unless they have a six-point player. They hit a quick three or something. So, they did your favorite play, the good old, like, uh, like uh, big wind-up throw and try to find the player. And oh, yeah. it's a six-point game. So, basically, uh, another foul fucks me, another basket fucks me, whatever. So, they do the old, the big old, uh, you know, wind-up pitch pass. And, of course, it gets uh, intercepted by – Villanova. Now, Colin Gillespie, as this is happening, is running the other way. And I'm like, oh, no. No. This is going to be a breakaway dunk. I'm going to lose like this. Ryan, wouldn't you believe he gets to the three-point line and just turns around and just runs as the clock runs out? That's the best feeling. Just like when, like, uh, like the same situation, like you're you're hanging on, you're you're on the right side of uh, of your bet of the spread, and a team's driving, 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 and it's like, please come on, don't, and then they take a knee at like the five yard line, and you're like, yes, yes. Well, we God. saw it last <laughs> night in that uh, in that San Francisco game, uh, that Niners Seal game. I mean, the Niners were three and a half point favorites. It's a five point game, and if they take a safety. Uh, you know, which they could have, they ended up not taking safety, but yeah, I mean, listen, I've said this before. If you're out there betting on sports, you can't get, I know like occasionally, like I'll get pissed off for like the first five or 10 minutes. Then it's just like, you know what? Like it is what it is. Like that stuff evens out over the long run. I've had bad losses. I've had horrible losses, but I've also had wins that, you know, and I'll be real with you. Like, Xavier had one three the entire game. Like they should have played much better. I mean, other than that, they played really well. But uh, we'll take it. Uh, again, we'll keep track of the seat and hold the Paul game coming down to the wire here. Uh, this has been a uh, uh, swing set game, really this entire second half. Um, we got a couple calls. We'll get to them in just one second. Just uh, hang on the line if you want to join in. Five one five six zero five nine three four nine. Uh, Ryan, um, before we get into the NFL, I wanted to get your thoughts on the playoff games. Um, you know, the first game, there sure. wasn't much to talk about, obviously. Um, you know, I had Oklahoma. It was the wrong side. Um, I was really surprised at the level of ineptitude by Oklahoma's defense. Like, I know they were bad, but, like, they look like that typical defense that we expect from Oklahoma. Are you starting to get to the point where it's almost like, look, I do not want to see any Big 12 team. M- matter of fact, to, to yeah. be honest, I don't want to see any Big 12 team or Pac-12 team, all due respect. Sure. No, I, I, absolutely. You're 100% correct. I, I, I don't want to see anyone from that conference ever in a college football playoff unless it goes to an 18 uh, playoff in the future. But if it stays status quo at a, at a 14 playoff, yeah, I don't want anything to do with the Pac-12, which is just a lackluster conference. Um, and same with the, the Big 12. I mean, you know, everyone made a big deal about, oh, you know, Oklahoma is so improved defensively, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, look, the same, you know, we saw at the end of the day uh, what Oklahoma truly is, and that's, uh, and that's just a, a porous 
uh, defense. And look, and that's the and look, look, they were going up against a juggernaut. I mean, what LSU is doing right now offensively. I mean, Jeff, I was talking to my cousin. You know my cousin um, pretty well. Um, he's a gambler, and we were talking just kind of about this game, and we were kind of going through, and it's alarming the talent offensively that LSU has. I mean, they're going to put they're going to put two of their wide well, if Jamar Chase would come out, he's only a freshman, but he already won the Bolitnikoff Award. So they have two first-round talent receivers. They have a fantastic running back. Their quarterback's going to go number one overall. And their offensive line was voted the best offensive line in college football. I mean, it's just unfair what they're trotting out there offensively right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, Donnie and I talked about Joe Burrow's just wild rise to be where he is. I mean, it's really – pretty amazing uh where he was last year i mean i i i make i'm making this very clear like i mean this like i'm not kidding like i know a ton about personnel but i gotta be honest ryan i had no idea he was ever on ohio state like i never knew that until this year i i swear i never knew that okay um but yeah, i mean i'm a, yeah, I'm I mean, a big he, 10 guy so of course I, I of course i knew that i'm just really in, into the big 10 but yeah i mean it's uh, you're run of the mill, you know, college fan. Absolutely, I can understand why why you wouldn't know that. And you know, he's balled out, 55 touchdowns, six interceptions so far this season, and you know, he's got one game left. Just just remarkable. I mean, the completion percentage is fascinating. I mean, he's got almost an 80 percent completion percentage. I mean, it's 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 really yeah. unbelievable. I mean, Joe Brady, you know, and and Ryan, I feel actually like really proud that I had Joe Burrow to win the Heisman Trophy because. If you go back and listen to when I when I talked about that before the season, I I read a quote from Joe Burrow and he talked about how growing up his father was a coach and that when he was younger he loved to run RPO offense like he loved it, and I know that they had brought in this guy from the NFL and I, I just loved the makeup and as you said I mean you got so much talent it, it's really uh, unfair but as we get closer and closer we'll talk about Oklahoma or I'm sorry, not Oklahoma, LSU and Clemson. But, uh, Ryan, let's take some phone calls here. We don't want to keep these people waiting. We'll get back to that game. We'll get into sure. the NFL as well. Ryan, we got some important calls coming up later in the show. Uh, our friend, the Philly tattoo guy, Rob Dumphy, will call in around 1025. We'll talk Eagles, what the future is for that group, a beleaguered Eagles uh, as they're injured, but they head into the playoffs on a high note. And our friend, uh, Ryan, Ian Cameron, will join us around 1040. He'll call in to talk a little NHL action, see what's going on in the world of pucks and more. Uh, let's hit the phone lines here. If you want to join us, 515-605-9349. Uh, what's your name, caller? Jan from L.A. What up, man? How are you? Good. I got a question about uh, NFL matchup Super Bowl odds. Okay. You what do you got? Kind of thing? Well, I see it on five dimes. I don't know if any others any other sites have it, but I'm intrigued by a couple couple options. I don't give anybody but uh the Ravens or Chiefs a shot in the AFC and I don't give anybody but the Niners or the Saints a shot in the NFC. Maybe I'm just you know bull headed, but that's how I look at it. And there's a couple intriguing ones right off the gate, Chiefs Saints. Both those teams can go on the road and beat anybody, and that's ten to one. I mean, you don't have to pick the winner. You just pick the sides. So you're saying you're, you're talking about the name, the finalist, basically, the, the outright name, the finalist. Just exact Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, just exact yeah, I Super got Bowl match, matchup. Yeah, I, I think for have me – Have you seen this as a prop? 
Yeah, no, I've I've bet this before for sure. I yeah, look, I mean, for me, I just I think there's a team that's going to come out of nowhere in the NFC. I, I don't think, and I this is just me. I know my co-host Ryan might think something different, but I don't think that the 49ers are as strong as they're led on to be, and and there's you know record indicates. I think it's no, team I can really second. I put them second behind the Saints. I put them two behind the Saints. I think the Saints is the best team overall. Yeah, no, Easy I think the Saints the are the. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I would, I would go with. I took Ravens Saints. I actually took this exact bet. Uh, I didn't take the one you said, but I went with Ravens Saints. Just that's, kind of that's a, a, a five and a half, by the way. Ravens Saints yeah, is five no. and a half. Sorry to interrupt you. No, I got you. I'm looking right now. I'm, I actually have. One that I'm intrigued by, and this is just my thoughts, I will continue to say it that, and I'm not just saying this because I'm an Eagle fan, I, I this team intrigues me. I, I know they have a lot of injuries, but you've got to realize they're going to get Deshaun Jackson back. If they're able to beat Seattle, and I know that's a big end. No. It is the playoffs, though. It's, Seattle, it's a big Seattle's end. Toast. Seattle's, Seattle's toast. Seattle's laid everything on the line. They're done. They have no chance. Yeah, I, I don't. They had the crowd energy. They had the crowd energy behind them. They were done in the first half. They were thirteen to nothing. They should. They, they on the road if they get down like that, they have no chance coming back against anybody. Right. I don't care and, and who I, they are. Right, and I would agree with you a hundred percent. The Philadelphia Eagles are much better at home, but you look at the Eagles going forward. I mean, I don't hate the matchup against San Francisco. They've went down to New Orleans and played well before. So, you know, I think you got to always realize that. I, I think. You know, I'll tell you right now, uh, the Minnesota Vikings are interesting, especially because uh, there's no playoffs on Mondays, which it seems like Kirk Cousins, the only uh, only bugaboo he ever has is on a Monday. So they're an intriguing team if they can get back people healthy. But, yeah, I, I would definitely take a look at these. The one you mentioned definitely interesting as well, especially if you like Mahomes and the Chiefs. You just got to wonder, can they go to uh, Baltimore and win? That's going to be tough. I don't know. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, no, it's funny. I'm not as high on New Orleans as a lot of people I, I, for, the, for the sole reason that last night, fuck them. I mean, if Seattle could have pulled that game out, giving them a bye week and a home playoff game um, where you only have to win one game to get to the conference championship, I, I would like them a whole lot more uh, versus, instead of, you know, having to, uh, having to go on the road after just getting the one playoff game here and not getting a bye week. I mean, you have to remember, this Saints team is so dependent on that dome inside, the crowd noise, Drew Brees just operating uh, like a machine in there. So um, I, I just don't like the, the, the hand they were dealt with the Seattle losing last night and them not getting the bye week. Um, I do, however, do like Kansas City. That is one team, me and I think a lot of other people in the country right now are high on, and rightfully so. I mean, they're rolling. They're playing really good football right now. Mahomes, he looks just right now after his kind of defense knee injury too. and the thumb. Yeah, and the thumb injury. And right, exactly, Jeff. The defense is no, really, get, really uh, kind of. Yeah. If they get one, that one player back on defense, D Ford, maybe is that who it was? Yeah, D Ford. He was, yeah. Is he with the Forty Nineers? Who, who's the who's the one player Chiefs are missing? They're going to get back. I, they can go on the road and beat anybody with that that speed. That offensive speed is unbelievable. It doesn't. Take a break exactly. anywhere. Right. Exactly. That I, I like anyway, to love your more, guys. Love your guys work. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, what were you saying, Ryan? No, I was just gonna say I like the uh, I like the Chiefs way more than the Saints that he's talking about there. He's talking about 
um, you know, not really buying in on the on the Ravens or not. I don't want to say not buying in, but um, just looking well, for a he, team outside he, of the number one seed uh, to win. I, I would I would well, take was, the Chiefs over. He was saying, Ryan, what he was basically picking the finalists from each league. So he said he right. liked the Saints, you know, kind of in a, a match. You're you're basically picking the matchup, like who you think is going to get to the Super Bowl for the, but, for the yeah, Super Bowl, I, right? Yeah, sure. Right, um, right. But yeah, as far as um, as far as the uh, Chiefs, yeah, I look. I mean, um, they have a they have a real good offensive line. I mean, the, the running backs have been terrific. You know, I didn't really think with, you know, without a kind of a bell cow running back, you lose obviously Kareem Hunt. He's gone, but. You know, Damian Williams looked real good. He had a big time run yesterday. That was impressive. Uh, but um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're some, definitely sometimes, deep, but... sometimes things just and sometimes things just fall into place for you, Jeff. I mean, that you know, sometimes you know it could just be you know your year with you know Miami going into New England and beating them, thereby giving Kansas City a bye week. Um, you know, that stuff, you know, things like that just don't happen every year. So you have to kind of keep that in mind. Maybe that's, you know, just a, a tell sign of, of things to come. Maybe it's Kansas City's year. Could be. I, I you know, again, the, the great thing about the NFL is you only have to win one game. So, you know, could it be their day yeah. where they go into Baltimore and, and get the job done? Uh, sure. Um, I'm not going to bet against Baltimore personally. But, yeah, I mean, at, at you know, as the third favorite in the NFL right now, it's, it's definitely worth a look. But um, I'm not a big fan of, of those low odds. I don't, I don't like betting, especially this early. But, um, Ryan, yesterday I wanted to get into um, just what we saw. Uh, if you want to join the show, you can, 615 – or I'm sorry, uh, 515-605-9349. I wanted to talk about what we saw yesterday, uh, just kind of go over do some rap here. Uh, quickly, Ryan, uh, Jets beat the Bills 13-6. Bills were locked in, uh, no issues here. In fact, Matt Barkley played most of this game. Um, Jets have a lot of uh, concern in, in the offseason. I mean, we've got to figure it out uh, and figure you know figure out what's going on with Adam Gase. I mean, this was just a really bad hire. You got to figure Robbie Anderson's gone. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, what's his uh, uh, future? Jamal Adams, uh, you already lost Leonard Williams. Um, there's just a ton of question marks for the Jets. They're just a team that is poorly owned uh, and uh, have a lot of issues, don't they? Yeah. Um, it's funny. I don't know if, if you heard Adam Gates. I'm just, I don't like, I, I'm not sure how he's had two head coaching jobs loser. at the NFL. But did you, you heard what he said about regarding Le'Veon Bell today, Jeff, you hear that? I did. Yeah. They basically, yeah. They basically asked him, you know, you expect Le'Veon Bell back next year do you want Le'Veon Bell back with this team next year and he just like diverted the question like oh you have to ask the GM about that he handles he handles uh, all that kind of stuff it's like yeah he just seems like a real rigid like crack kind of guy yeah um what else do we have here uh Bengals beat the Browns I mean a merciful season ends for the Browns shout out to you uh if you bet the Browns to go to the Super Bowl and hit their win total I mean total loser you are if you did that uh, Bengals, I actually took the Bengals yesterday in a small play. I really liked the spot for them. They had kind of already clinched that uh, best pick, uh, highest pick uh, plateau. Browns are just so inept, aren't they, Ryan? I mean, what a disastrous yep. season. Yep. Freddie Kitchens fired this morning as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. You, you'd have to agree, Ryan, he was just way in over his head out in Cleveland. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I, I, just to kind of take it one step further, I, I think Baker Mayfield's in over his head. Uh, I just I'm, was never a believer in Baker Mayfield coming out of Oklahoma. Great college quarterback, but I think that's where it stops. He's just he doesn't have the makings of it of a successful NFL quarterback for me. And it'd be interesting. Wow. It'd be interesting to see who they bring in. And well, look, shout out to me. I mean, I I, I called that you know during the draft process. But Ryan, I, I got to ask. I mean, this is just something that I've brought up on the show before, and I really just want to discuss the Cleveland Browns at some point have to get some sort of sense of urgency to make the right hire. I mean, this coaching tree has been a complete joke. I I mean, I'm not even kidding, Ryan. I mean, Bill Belichick leaves in uh, 1999. uh, That was the first year they didn't have him. Uh, and since right. then, this has been a complete failure. I mean, Ryan, listen to some of these coaches. I mean, Chris Palmer, five and twenty-seven. Butch Davis, twenty-four and thirty-four. Terry Rubisky, one and five. Romeo Cornell, twenty-four and forty. Eric Mangini, ten and twenty-two. Pat Shermer. How does Pat Shermer keep getting jobs? By the way, nine and twenty-three. Rob Ch- Rob Chudzinski, four and twelve. Mike Pettin. 10 and 22, Hugh Jackson, 3 and 36. Greg Williams uh, actually was probably the best coach they had at 3 and 0. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, 5 and 3, sorry. And then Freddie Kitchens this year, 6 and 10. Ryan, outside of a basically an eight game sample size, they have not had one coach have a winning record since Bill Belichick. Now keep in mind, that was in 98 Bill Belichick left. And keep in yep. mind, Bill Belichick – this is also important, Ryan. Bill Belichick actually didn't have a winning record. You think he did. The last coach to have a winning record, Ryan, in Cleveland. Now, this is amazing. Think about this. The last coach to have a winning record in his tenure in Cleveland, Nick Scorich, back from 71 to 75. He was 30 and 24 with the Browns, Ryan. Actually, I mean, Marty Schottenheimer that... had a winning record. But... Oh, sorry, you're right. I'm sorry, I missed Marty. My fault, my fault, my fault. Uh, so, yes, you're right. Marty Schottenheimer was 44 and 27. My fault. I totally missed him. That's my fault. But basically, they've had one coach has a winning record since the 70s. We weren't even born yet. That's amazing. Like, how can you be so inept at picking a coach? It's wild. Well, the fu- And the, the funny part is, a lot of these guys, too, a lot of these guys that they've that they've signed, like, aren't like they they come here and they don't get they're so bad they don't get they don't get head coaching jobs anywhere else. I mean, really, it's it's la it's laughable, man. I mean, you, you can't. Uh, I've run out of, just like I've run out of adjectives to describe the injury situation with the Philadelphia Eagles this year. I've run out of adjectives to, to describe the uh, the Browns. I mean, they've been bad my entire life. So, I mean, this is just what I come to expect for them. I don't expect the same with the Lions. Like those two teams have been bad my entire life that I just year in and year out, expect them to be poor. Like I expect them to be a bad football team and I will continue to do so until they actually go out and prove otherwise. I mean, I mentioned Pat Shermer. Okay. Pat Shermer, who um, was fired today by the New York giants. I mean, Ryan, in Pat Shermer's career as a coach, okay, he first came on in Cleveland in uh, in 2011. He's 19 and 46 as a head coach. Why the fuck does yeah. this guy keep getting jobs in this league? Yeah, that's a great question. 
And he's a, and he, he's just a dope, too. Real quick, Jeff, if I can get back to the Browns real quick here, just I wanted to make one point. I think they really dropped the ball um, on their next coaching candidate. I think a guy who – and me personally, I don't know your opinion on him. We've never really, I don't think, discussed him really. Um, but um, a guy that I just think would go in and, and, and he just fits kind of what Cleveland has. And they kind of need that, like, leader, that leader of men kind of guy. I think Ron Rivera would have done well there. I really do. And it sounds like he's going to go to, to Washington, which I don't think he's going to do well there, which, I mean, it's hard to do well in Washington with Daniel Slater. But I think if he would have went to Cleveland with the talent that they have there and, you know, you know, he, you know, he did – he did some pretty good things in Carolina. Got to the Super Bowl, albeit with a quarterback that I don't think is very good. Um, you know, you plug him into into Cleveland and give him some guidance there. Give those young, you know, hotheads some guidance and someone to listen to. I think he could have done well there. And I just another another ball drop by Cleveland, in my opinion. I mean, we we talked about Oklahoma earlier. I mean, what better place for Lincoln Riley to go? I mean, I I, I mean, you, you look at Baker Mayfield. I mean, it clear he's never had a real leader you know since you know since he's come into the league um i think it's time for lincoln riley to move on i mean obviously you know you're, you're kind of at that point with oklahoma where where do you go from here i mean you can't seem to get over the, the hill with with getting into the not not necessarily the the cultural playoff you've been relevant but when are you going to get over the hill where you actually go and win a title um at some point lincoln riley's got to i think at his age think what's next i mean why not go into the nfl we've seen other people go in and have some success i you know i don't want to hear about oh well um keep in mind i mean who would want him as a coach he can't win big game i mean it's i actually had somebody that's fucking asinine first of all i mean cliff kingsbury did far less than lincoln riley uh, and he got a job in the nfl uh, i think i think cleveland can make sense for him you have some big time players there you have your guy baker mayfield um, they, they, they've got to go out and make the right decision. I, they have to. Uh, and I see they're hiring, they're uh, interviewing like Brian Dable, who's the offensive coordinator for like the Bills. Like, or you know, you're you're, you're looking at Greg Roman. You, you need a leader there. I'm not saying those guys aren't, but you need a established leader, young guy. Maybe those guys closer. And Rob Rivera would have been good too. Um, let's um, go back to the phone lines here. Uh, go ahead, caller. You're up. What's your name? Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Good. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. So I watched the Mountaineers game, big fan of the Mountaineers, uh, when they played the Buckeyes the other day. I already have a, a Big 12 hour at home. Do I think it's going to hit? No, but for plus 750, I think it's great value. I think competition's Kansas and Baylor. But I think that this is a seriously good team that can make a deep run come tournament time with Oscar, Sheboy, and Derek Culver. What do you guys think about that? Wait, you're, you're saying you think West Virginia's got a, a, a shot to win the Big Twelve? Is that what you're saying? I have an outright on them. I have a point five unit on them, and I have a one unit on Kansas. Yeah, so look, I, Kansas, I, I think I plus two fifty. WVU plus seven fifty. Yeah, no, it's a great, a great price. It's good, good for you, man. Uh, yeah, look, I love uh, Bob Huggins. I'm a big fan of his. I, I just look at them and I wonder, you know, are they good enough offensively to to win a few games in a row in, in tournament time? Look, they're a great rebounding team. The problem is they're really dependent, seemingly, on getting to the foul line and, and you know, getting those offensive rebounds. And, and look, not for nothing. I mean, that was a great win the other day against Ohio State. Actually, frankly, it was really impressive. And if you're a West Virginia fan, you should be really proud of that. But I, I wonder, when they can't score in the half court, where do you go? 
Because defensively, you're really good, and you can slow the game down if you need to, and you can use the press or whatever you do, but they're, they're really dependent on getting to the foul line. You look at their point distribution, I mean, they're exclusively a half-court team, uh, particularly getting to the line, so that's a concern. you got to remember, you're forgetting about Texas Tech. Don't forget about the, that group. I mean, Oklahoma's always solid. Um, I definitely think they're a better team, and they can make a wave and maybe get into the tournament with just one loss right now, but um, to, to win the Big 12, I need more than 750. But I wish you luck, man. I'll root you on. I appreciate that. Now, I mean, at $50 for 750, I thought it was great value. So I took a shot with that. I mean, we'll see about that. But I appreciate it, big man. Hey, it's your team, man. I mean, why not take a shot every time? I mean, this is the, he's definitely the coach I want. I mean, I, I wouldn't, outside of Chris Beard, there's not a coach in the Big 12 I would take more. And I would take him over Bill Self, and I mean that. I love Huggins. I think he's That's a terrific really. coach. He's a great recruiter. I I actually envy you for having him as your coach. I, I, I'm I'm a big fan. Yep. Huggy Bear, baby. Tougher, tougher than us. We got your in laws. Hey, hey, before you go, uh, can I give you a little – I got something for you. Absolutely. Almost heaven, West hey. Virginia, <laughs> Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah, Shenandoah Rivers. Rivers. Oh, man, I'll never forget. I got to get down there man. for a, I got to get down there. All right, brother, take it easy. Thanks for calling. Um, I got to get down there, Ryan. Morgantown uh, seems like a special place. Yeah. I've never not, been. Not, not far. Not far at all. No, no, it isn't that far. That's a good point by you. Uh, kind of an intimate atmosphere. Um, but and, uh, Ryan, we'll, we'll, we, uh, we'll we'll learn we'll, real quick. We'll learn a lot about Kansas too. I mean, or excuse me, about West Virginia. They play Kansas on the road Saturday. Um, so, yep. you know, buckle up. Oh, hey, listen, Ryan, I got that game circled. Uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, all right, Ryan, let's take a little break. Uh, we will be back with you right after this. <laughs> Are you looking for fresh opinions on sports, sex, culture, food, and more? Well, it's time for you to go check out our friends at PubSearchRadio.com. From podcasts to blogs to live content and radio, live in the heart of San Antonio, PubSearch Radio provides plenty. They have terrific soccer, UFC, and niche topics, too. Leave it to me. Leave it to my opinion. The Big Men on Campus. I co-sign PubSportsRadio.com. And you can also check out people like me, Dottie Wrightside, Ski Profit, and more. Check out the newest in opinions in all the blog culture. PubSportsRadio.com. Great uh, underrated uh, songs of all time, Ryan. Pretty Ricky on the hotline. Uh, Pretty Ricky was oh, yeah. popular back in the day. Uh, they were, I mean, uh, that song, uh, they had uh, oh, Baby Grind With Me. Uh, yep. That was kind of one of those songs you listened to uh, like before the high school football game on Friday night. What, what a great time <laughs> to be alive. Um, but, uh, Ryan, uh more NFL. We'll get into some games here. If you have a game you want to 
talk about, you got some uh, comments you want to make, you can join the show now, 515-605-9349. Just an update from Chicago and Wintrust Arena. We got a good one in the Big East, Ryan. 64-all, Seton Hall and DePaul. Miles Powell, who uh, comes back from a concussion today, uh, it was told by – and shout-out to Kevin Willard, who continues to be very coy with how he decides whether he's going to give any info on. Now, Ryan, during the week, you know what Kevin Willard said about Miles Powell? That as far as Monday's game, he would play maybe. And even if he played, it would only be for a few minutes. Take a guess how many points he has tonight. Uh, more than a couple, I assume. 21. There you go. I mean, they only have 64 points, and he has 21. I mean, if that's that co- doesn't but show that's you co- what – that's college sports. I mean, that's, that's college sports. Eh, that's the, that's yeah, what they but, do. That's what the injury reports do. Uh, concussions are weird, man. Like, I've seen guys, like, miss the entire season with concussion, and then you got a Miles Powell misses, like, two games. It's weird. Um, back to the NFL, Ryan, are you starting to think that Jarrah Jones is going to keep Jason Garrett? Cause now I see that they're having a second meeting on Tuesday. You know what? I think this fucker is going to try to get another, he's going to get another year here. I think I got a feeling and I'll tell you, Jarrah needs to understand that he's the issue in Dallas. It doesn't matter if you have Jason Garrett or, uh, whoever, it doesn't matter because Ryan, those coaches won't work, those like Lincoln Riley's or uh, Matt Rules. Those coaches won't work in Dallas because if you don't listen to Jarrah, you're not – it's not going to fly. It's his way of the highway. And Jason Garrett is exactly the kind of coach that Jerry wants. Why would he fire him? There's no reason to. He does everything he to- tells him to. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird situation. I mean, if, if if he's you know set on on just moving on and letting him go, I, I was really surprised there wasn't a statement today. Obviously, Jerry doesn't. I don't think Jerry wants to do it. I mean, Jason's a guy hey, that Ryan, you know, Ryan, Ryan, it's what? Jarrah. It's Jarrah. Yeah, Jarrah. sorry, sorry, Jarrah. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, he played. I mean, he you got to remember too. Jason Garrett played for for um for the Cowboys. Uh, as a player, so I mean, he's been around the organization for a long time. And there's one thing you do hear a lot uh, from people talking about the Cowboys is it's a very family-oriented business. It feels like a big family, so um, he's not going to want to get rid of them. I, I, you know, uh, it's pretty evident that he doesn't want to. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he is the problem. I mean, what other owner has a press conference after every game? I mean, he he talked to the media for a half an hour yesterday after that game. I mean, he, the guy's a joke, and they won't win anything regardless. Of, of of who they hire as long as um, Jara is you know running running the ship. So uh, I'm not overly concerned. Uh, we'll see what happens. I would love for them to bring Jason Garrett back for you know another year or two. Uh, you know maybe that's what they're talking about. You know hey I'll give you we'll sign a one year deal. It's a prove it deal. You know you have a good year, a bounce back year next year. We can talk extension. Uh, who knows? But the fact that we didn't hear anything today uh, re- regarding them not bringing him back, I was very very surprised. Yeah, now they're going to have a, a second meeting, and you better believe that's going to be, hey, uh, listen, Jerry, uh, Jer- I'm give me one more year, I'll figure this out, 
I'll do what you say. You don't have to worry anymore. Um, you know, I, I'll be there for you when you need me. Keep in mind, Jason Garrett's won two playoff games in his entire career. Uh, and, and keep in mind, he's been there since 2011. Um, yeah, listen, keep him for as long as they can. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Dolphins beat the Patriots, Ryan, as 10-1 to 1 underdog. Um, Crazy. I, you know, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, man, Brian Flores, what a great job. I mean, he's done a hell of a job with that team. Devontae Parker is a hell of a player. Watch out, Ryan, if that team gets a quarterback and some more weapons. Uh, they can be pretty interesting. Yeah, Mike Kosicki, too. Tight ends really come into his own the second half of the season. So, uh, you're right. You know, they definitely uh, – <clears throat> excuse me. They definitely uh, are trending in the right direction. It looks like Brian Flores um, – you know, is is a good hire. And I mean, it's hard to say that after one year, but you have to be encouraged with, you know, the way the season started with them just getting blown out week after week, the strides that this team has made collectively um, is really impressive. And one thing I like, Jeff, one thing I like is today they fired actually a couple coaches. They fired offensive coordinator uh, and, 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 and someone else. I forget what position coach, but uh, it goes to show you that I, I think it, they're, they're dedicated. The, you know, Brian Flores is, wants to win badly. He's dedicated. He's going to do whatever it takes to, to, to do that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how things transplant uh, or, excuse me, play out in uh, Miami. But um, trending in the right direction, I think, if you're a Dolphins fan. Plenty of picks, including the number five overall pick. You've got to figure, uh, Ryan, um, you know, the Washington Redskins probably not going to take a quarterback. The Detroit Lions not going to take a quarterback. The Giants aren't going to take a quarterback either. So, uh, I mean, hypothetically, if Tua Tagovailoa Tua is going to be there, if they want Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, um, they can get their quarterback. Um, so that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see kind of where they go. Um, what else do we have here? Uh and by the way, the Dallas Cowboys did win yesterday, but nobody really cared because they were already knocked out because the Eagles won, which we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, Ryan, an odd performance for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about this with, with Donnie Wrightside. I I, I got to be honest. I, I think the Steelers are in a real tough situation going forward because you've basically told the fan base that this year you were going to compete. With the competing comes at a cost because now you showed your hand, okay? Ben Roethlisberger's old. I mean, he's not going to have many more years. Who knows if he even plays again? Mason Rudolph, I think it's clear, isn't a starting quarterback in this league, and neither is Devin Hodges. So now what do you do? Because you don't have any legitimate replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you have some skill vision players that are talented, but nothing special. Is this team just going to be Ryan, the Buffalo bills going forward where you hope to land a quarterback um, and you kind of just try to win with defense? Yeah. And let's not forget too. They do not have a first round pick this year. So it's not like they can use a exactly. first round pick on a quarterback. They gave that to Miami in the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. So um, they don't have a first round pick. You know, maybe you, you look at, you know, a day two, um, you know, quarterback to try to bring in here because obviously Hodges and, and Rudolph, I don't think are the answers. Um, you know, you, you tried the Mason Rudolph thing. It just didn't pan out, but they had a lot of injuries this year. Like, like us Eagles fans are dealing with, they had a lot of injuries to a lot of key positions that just make it really difficult to win, especially uh, in that, uh, in that division with Baltimore there. So, um, you know, they definitely need to get a quarterback. They need to get that figured out. Ben will be back next year, obviously. 
Uh, he'll make a full recovery from the elbow injury. Uh, but look, you know, they, they have to figure that quarterback position out and get someone in here for the future because look, what they have around him with James Conner and Juju and, and those guys, uh, James Washington is really blossoming into a nice receiver. They have the talent to, to, to win. Uh, they just have to get that QB position figured out. Yeah, and, and it seemingly has not worked. I mean, you've, you've not been able to find a successor. Uh, and you've showed your hand now because we pretty much know that, you know, given a miracle, uh, those guys aren't going to improve a whole hell of a lot. Um Big time game, Ryan, in tennis or for Tennessee, they go down and beat up the Texans. Texans have basically uh, kind of conceded. I mean, they didn't start any of their starters. AJ McCarron, AJ McCarron actually played pretty well for them, right? And you know, I was actually feeling really good about this game because I had the, as many know, I had the team total in this game. It's a big play for me. And Ryan, one thing that I had worried about, the only thing I had worried about was, do the Titans just get up? you know, 24-7 in the third quarter and just kind of cruise and maybe we don't get to the 26 and a half. But it was nice because the Texans were kind of always on the Titans' heels. You know, they go up 7 nothing. At one point it was 21-14. So the game was never really out of reach for, for the Texans. And I'll tell you what, Ryan, this Ryan Tannehill, what a player he's become. He's going to get a nice big-time deal. Let me ask you, if you're the Tennessee Titans, do you stick with him as your quarterback going forward? I think you have to. I think he's earned the right. I mean, I think he's earned the right to, to, to get a contract now. He's not going to sign a five- or a six-year deal. I mean, he'll probably sign, I would assume, probably a three-year deal, somewhere in that range, um, you know, a nice chunk of change. Um, let's not forget, he signed a huge contract money-wise. Uh, with Miami uh, a handful of years ago. So, I mean, the guy's been paid over his career. Uh, but, yeah, you, you, I think you have to. And, look, it, it, he fits what they want to do. Like, he's, he's – when, when he has time, which he didn't have in Miami, uh, he was behind some of the worst offensive lines in football year after year. When he has time, he's an effective quarterback. And they have talent. A.J. Brown's blossomed into a hell of a star. Put, put him with Corey Davis. And, you know, that running game, Derrick Henry, who won the rushing title uh, yesterday, um, they're kind of you know, uh, riding his shoulders uh, into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I would. If I, was, if I was Tennessee, I would put my chips in on Ryan Tannehill. As crazy as it is to say, no one would have even thought of that uh, back in September. They're averaging over 30 points a game with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback in 10 games. Uh, impressive stuff. Um, yesterday, Henry, 211 yards and three touchdowns, almost seven yards a carry. Just an absolutely legendary performance. Uh, let's go to Rob Job. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Good, good. Hey, Rob. Hey, um, so I talked to Donnie about this the other day, but now that Ryan is on the show, uh, Ryan, you're a Michigan fan, yeah? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> so, I got a question for you. You already know what the line is, but say you didn't. I'm telling you that Alabama is playing uh, Michigan with Jim Harbaugh coaching. What do you think the spread will be at a neutral site? Just give me a spread. Honestly, if if it's me, I probably would. I would have made the spread double digits. Honestly. Exactly. So so I yeah. had Alabama as a fade team for the bowl game. And I saw them okay. playing Michigan, and I said, yeah. And I laughed, and I slid the game away. I said, I'm not even going to look at that again. 
So as you know, a few days later, I look at it, seven. A few days later, seven. That line has not budged. And you know damn well that line should have been 12, 14. Why has this line not moved? Can, uh, I mean, nobody well, I, is on Alabama. I mean, is on Michigan. Nobody. Yeah, I guess I think, you know, just – I mean, it's a good point. I mean, I, I think sometimes, though, Rob Jeff, you have to just – you have to just play what you like, man. I mean, you can't. I, and I know you're a big, you're big with the line and stuff, and I get that. But you know, sometimes when you think a line's soft, you just got to play it. You know, if it doesn't win and they win, you know, thirty-four twenty-eight, you don't cover. Then you know, I salute. Sometimes you have to just say, you know what, I took a shot here. Uh, it's like the other day with Oklahoma. I, I thought it was too many points. I thought Oklahoma could score with with LSU. I thought it was like a a game kind of like the Alabama game where it would just kind of be back and forth and LSU might win by 10. But hey, sometimes you take a shot and you get, you get beat up. Sometimes you take a shot and you win. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely weird. I, I guess people are maybe just concerned that, you know, Alabama's going to come out not real interested in this game or, or, you know, take it lightly. But yeah, I, I, I think maybe you just have to play it, Rob job and just accept the seven and, and be happy with it. Well, pray for me, because if it's seven tomorrow, <laughs> I'm taking Michigan. I am taking Michigan, and I'm not, and I'm not even going to – I'm going to do it with confidence. Because there is a lot not to like about Alabama, just in general, in this game. But to throw a seven, you know damn well that should be 14, and it's seven, and it's not moving. So, anyway, pray for me, because if it's seven tomorrow, I'm taking Michigan. And also, speaking hey, of lines, that Philly line – is lining up real well. Like, yeah. to to throw a two or a one and a half, no, do you think anybody's going to take Philly? Nobody. No. Everybody's going to take Russell Wilson. I will push people out of the way to take Philly if that line is under three and a half on, on game day. Because that is just begging. I agree with you 100%. We talked about it earlier with – uh, that caller earlier that was talking about the finalists. Yeah, I, I mean, the Eagles are really good at home, really good at home. And, you know, you, you look at Seattle, I, I think people will also equate, like, the first time these two teams played. But, Ryan, you remember that game. It was probably Carson Wentz's worst game as a pro. I mean, he was literally throwing to complete nobodies. Um, you know, they, they, they had some injuries. Well, they have injuries all year. But, yeah, I mean, Seattle doesn't travel as well. You're not going to have the dome. Uh, you're not going to have – or not the Dome, the, uh, the the Tenth Man or whatever the hell they call themselves. Uh, and I know Seattle's <laughs> had a good season on the road, but um, I think it's a tough spot. I think the line makes a ton of sense. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, it's just kind of sitting there begging. They want – it's like they want Seattle action because they're, they're going to get it. But anyway, I, I'll be I, rooting for them. And uh, big man, pray – just pray for me that, that, that Alabama goes to eight so I don't have to take Michigan. Pray for me. <laughs> I will. I will. Good luck, man. All right, there. guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Rob. Talk to you. Yeah, look, as far as these two games go, Jeff, as far as the Michigan game goes, one thing that does stand out to me uh, about Michigan, obviously, outside of the line, is you, me, whoever, when you're talking about bowl games, the you know, it always comes up, who's the game mean more for? You know, what team genuinely cares about this game and wants to win? And honestly, I feel like that team in this game is Michigan. I mean, how good of a win would this be for the Wolverines, Jeff? Well, not only for the Wolverines, but for Jim Harbaugh in particular, 
to just kind of get some of the naysayers off his back, to go in there, to beat Alabama. It would help a ton for recruiting. It'd be a really nice win for Michigan. And I just generally think that Michigan uh, will, will want this game more. And the line is the line is is what it is, and it's definitely lower than what I thought it would be. I was really surprised to see it around a touchdown. Um, it was really alarming to me. Same thing with the Eagles game. I mean, once the line came out in the Eagles game, Jeff, um, I I started to shake my head and say, "Yep, that's uh, that's what I like to see. That's that favors the birds and uh, or the Eagles in this case. Can't really say the birds this week, but um, yeah, it, 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 I like I like what I see there as far as that line goes too." Ian Cameron's on the line. We'll talk to him in just one second. Let's take one more break, Ryan. We'll be back with you right after this. Are you looking for fresh opinions on sports, sex, culture, food, and more? Well, it's time for you to go check out our friends at PubSearchRadio.com. From podcasts to blogs to live content and radio, live in the heart of San Antonio, PubSearch Radio provides plenty. They have terrific soccer, UFC, and niche topics, too. Leave it to me. Leave it to my opinion. The Big Men on Campus. I co-sign PubSearchRadio.com. And you can also check out people like me, Donnie Wrightside, Ski Profit, and more. Check out the newest in opinions in all the blog culture, PubSearchRadio.com. Yes, that's always a great track, Ryan. Moment for life. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We do an update, uh, a, a brutal final three minutes for Seton Hall. Uh, they lose to the Seton – or a uh, uh, brutal uh, – and for Hall, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, they lose to Seton Hall at home, 74-66. We're leading most of this game, just an ugly final three minutes. And, you know, I, I, really, I really feel bad for DePaul backers just because of – just the, just the games that Miles Powell has played, it gets kind of irritating, man. Like he did the same shit against Michigan State, where they, they we didn't know if he was going to play, and and then all of a sudden he plays, you know, thirty five minutes and scores thirty points. Um, they're a team that I think Seton Hall right now, where if, if there's some injury concerns, you've got to maybe look elsewhere, just kind of read through because they have not been honest with how they do it, and that's you know obviously uh, an advantage because nobody knows, but. Uh, let's bring in Ian Cameron, who uh, I haven't talked to in a while. I wanted to check in with Ian on uh, what's going on on the pucks, um, maybe some college hoops as well. Ian Cameron, how you doing? What's up, Ian? Yeah, it's good to be with you, big man, and Ryan, as we get ready for a big national football league wild card Sunday, Seahawks and Eagles. I'm sure you guys can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun, sure, man. man. Uh, we got some got some great games Saturday and Sunday are going to be awesome. You got, you know, some, some big time games as well, you know, Titans and, and, and Patriots. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, all sorts of a fun football to talk about, but 
really just wanted to quickly ask you about hockey, uh, Ian Cameron. Uh, I know you're a big hockey guy. We we got a nice little, uh, you know, you look at some of these teams. I mean, Washington playing well. Washington, Boston, kind of leading the way in the uh, in the East. You look at the West, and there's our favorite St. Louis Blues, the the Gloria bunch. Uh, they're they're above uh, everyone else in the Western Conference. But you know, outside of that, it's really kind of. Uh, Everybody's looking up at those three teams. Our hometown Flyers, who have played pretty well recently, they've won six of ten. They had a win the other night. Um, or I'm sorry, uh, they yeah they did win the other night, uh, sitting at 49 points. What have you seen in so far in NHL, and who's your uh, who's your pick to win it? Yeah, I mean the NHL. There's definitely been some surprise teams. Um, certainly, you can talk about how well. You know, the Arizona Coyotes have played in the Western Conference. You know, even the Edmonton Oilers got off to a pretty good start uh, in the Western Conference. And then there's been some teams that have been extremely disappointing so far this season. San Jose Sharks in the West, they've been a a perennial playoff team. uh, And it doesn't even look like they're going to be a playoff team this year. They're dead last in the Western Conference, which is not something you usually see with them. Uh, The Tampa Bay Lightning, you got to wonder if this is the same team mentally after they got shockingly swept four straight games in the first round by Columbus last year. They don't look like they've been the same team ever since. You know, in the East, Washington, Boston, the team that really deserves some credit is the Pittsburgh Penguins, the other team in the state of Pennsylvania, because they've been banged up beyond belief all season long, multiple forwards out, multiple defensemen out. Sidney Crosby has been out for weeks Uh, for this team and all they do is find ways to keep winning games bring guys up from the AHL plug them into the lineup have them produce offensively they get another win tonight they got 52 points on the season third most points in the Eastern Conference despite a deluge of injuries it's been an unbelievable coaching job by Mike Sullivan to keep the Penguins where they are you mentioned Jeff the Flyers you know 39 games played 49 points so far this season you know, I think they made a good coaching hire in Alain Vigneault. I really do. He's a guy that's gotten to the playoffs with multiple teams uh, in the past. Uh, I think he's a guy that's going to have success here. I think the Flyers still need to build more depth in the organization, but they're on the right track with him. I really believe it. Yeah, It's interesting, uh, Ian, in the NHL, and, and you know, I, I'm not a big NHL guy. You know, I, I occasionally look at it, but, you know, Maple Leafs playing well right now. They've won eight, eight, one and one over the last 10. But, you know, I, I find it interesting. You mentioned, like, some of the teams that are playing well, and it's, you know, the typical teams, Boston, Washington. But but then you look at, as you said, the teams that are struggling, you know, the, the Ducks, the Sharks, the Kings, the Blackhawks. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I mean, the Rangers, the Devils, uh, the Red Wings, all, all those teams, um, you know, the the Wild, you know, those kind of groups. I mean, they're the teams that are struggling, and you look at some of these teams that are doing real well, you know, Florida and, and the Islanders and the Avalanche and, you know, the Coyotes, as you said, the Flames. Uh, it's kind of a new uh, NHL, huh? A lot of new teams kind of making their, uh, making their way. What is going on with those uh, teams out in California? Anaheim, San Jose, and L.A. have just been horrific. I mean, who's bringing up the rear in the West, Jeff? It's those three teams. It's the California trifecta, uh, and not in a good way. You know, usually you think trifecta. If I cash a trifecta, I'm 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 feeling good. Well, that this is not a good trifecta. You're dead last in the Western Conference. Anaheim, San Jose, L.A. The three worst teams right now in points uh, in the Western Conference. For the Ducks, I'm not that surprised, uh, big man, because they're going through a rebuild. L.A. as well. San Jose is the one that's a little bit surprising because this is a team that I think expected 
to at least be in the playoffs. I can't say I'm overly shocked, though. I, I picked the uh, Sharks not to make the playoffs before the season started. I thought it was an older team, bad defense, suspect goaltending, not enough forward depth. Uh, and I think we've seen all of that for the Sharks so far. Uh, this season uh, a surprise team would be Vancouver a little bit the Canucks you know were out of the playoffs last year in the west they're 46 points this year they've got a tremendous you know young forward group that's going to keep getting better they've got a decent core with Brock Besser Bo Horvat Elias Pedersen and I think they're going to be able to build this team around those guys you know if they can just be somewhat you know decent serviceable defensively get solid enough goaltending from Jacob Markstrom you know, maybe they can keep up what they've been able to do. But right now, in terms of the Western Conference, they're fifth in the conference, 46 points. It's a logjam. St. Louis has got 58 leading the West. Colorado, 50. Colorado's my pick to win the West, by the way, uh, this year, uh, right now. Uh, Dallas, 48 points. Vegas, 48 points. Vancouver, 46. Arizona, 46. Winnipeg, 45. Calgary, 45. Like, teams 3 through 10, 11 in the uh, Western Conference, they're separated by six points. I mean, so you have to keep winning. You've got to keep finding a way to get two points on a regular basis because if you go on any sort of extended losing streak in that conference, you can find yourself from third and fourth all the way down to like 10th or 11th and outside the playoff mix. It's a jumbled up uh, mixture right now in the West. Yeah, I usually take a uh, – every year I usually take a team to win the Stanley Cup. I didn't end up taking one this year, but I might get involved with – something uh as we kind of head into the new year but ian um before we kind of uh, wrap it up I, I wanted to ask you um i know you and i talked earlier about some games I mean, is there a team in college basketball you really like this year because there's so much parity i mean we you know you, you look at how many number ones have went down and just the overall wildness of, of college hoops I, I know for me like i have a few futures i have louisville i have arizona i have Duke and UNC. UNC is not looking too hot with the Cole Anthony injury. Um, I got, you know, I mentioned I have Louisville. I took Gonzaga recently. You've got to agree, Ian. They're, they're probably right now the most complete team in the country. Yeah, they're impressive, Jeff. They're absolutely phenomenal. They're outstanding. They're crushing Detroit right now as we speak. Uh, what not? They didn't cover the number because obviously they got to price Gonzaga. Uh, very, very respectfully, and they're over. They're laying you know, thirty-four and a half points in that game. They only won tw- by twenty-one. But uh, Gonzaga, which is interesting. Few... Real, real quick, interesting number there. I, I considered taking Detroit there just because if you know anything about Detroit Mercy, they're, they're well coached. Mike Davis, a good coach. Uh, he's coached at Texas Southern. He was at Indiana years ago. Uh, his son, Antoine Davis, terrific player. They also added uh, Brad Calipari, who's a nice shooter. I-, I was surprised at that number, that being that high. I didn't end up taking it. I kind of missed it, but uh, I didn't want to interrupt. But I-, I thought that was a little high for that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, and the spot was a little dubious. It's a non-conference game right before conference season's about to begin for Gonzaga. And, but obviously they can do it all. You know, they got the inside-outside offensive balance. They defend the, the paint. Uh, they, got, they can defend the three-point line. They can rebound the basketball. Uh, they're very well-coached, uh, well-prepared for every game. You know, what's there not to like about Gonzaga right now? And it's a wide-open you know, a college basketball scene right now. Uh, Oregon, don't sleep on them. I love that Oregon team. I, like, Oregon was so good, big man, to me in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, I took that team a bunch. Dana Altman, they're always so well coached. That group, they're going to be very, very strong again. I know the Pac-12 
was just a disaster last year. I think they're at least a little bit better, and you got to at least acknowledge that Oregon, even though they were in a weak conference last year, got hot late in the season. They've gotten off to a strong start. I think they're a force to be reckoned with. They're one of the teams I like, actually, as a sleeper in the NCAA tournament. When you got a point guard in Peyton Pritchard, just puts his head down and does it all for you night in and night out. I kind of worry that you could have a Seton Hall situation with this team where if he gets injured, where do you go to at that point? Like Just like with Miles Powell, when he gets hurt for Seton Hall, that's a much different basketball team. You could see something like that with Oregon if Pritchard, something happens to him, but if he's healthy, that Oregon team is dangerous. I like them a lot. And But going back to Gonzaga, I mean, I, 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 certainly I wouldn't talk anyone out of uh, looking at them. This is a wide-open college basketball uh, race for the national title this year as far as I'm concerned. Duke's not quite the dominant team I think they were last year. North Carolina's way down. You know, Louisville, I really like Louisville, but boy, I didn't like the way they closed out that game against Kentucky the other day. That was as ugly as it gets. They've got to work on in-game execution. That's critical in March. Chris Mack's got to focus on that with his basketball team, but certainly uh, they've got the talent. The bottom line is, I don't know if there's a dominant team out there right now. This is open for a bunch of teams to win it all. I'll tell you a team real quick, and, and we'll get Ryan back in here. Ryan, um, I, I know you're a big Michigan guy. You know, you, uh, you bleed Michigan uh, maize and, and yellow. Uh, 23 to 1, I, I think it's a little low on Michigan. I, I need a little more with them. But real quick, Ian, uh, before we kind of wrap it up, LSU is intriguing to me, that, that group down there. I know they have a couple losses on the schedule, and most of the time when they're stepping up a competition, they have lost. They do have a couple good wins. Rhode Island's a good win. They beat up Liberty yesterday, who was undefeated. You know, with Tennessee now, with Lamonte Turner out, they're really interesting in the, uh, in the SEC. I've been overly impressed with Florida. We've seen Kentucky with a little chink in their armor. I think them and Auburn are going to battle it out with Kentucky and the SEC. Don't we? Don't be surprised that when they get into the tournament, them make another deep run. This is a solid group. They don't have a big time bench or anything, but this starting five is really solid. With Skyler Mays, Smart, and Darius Williams. Days, and Emmett, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I like them a yeah. lot, and I know they lost Tremont Waters, but boy. Uh, you know, they, they seem to still have a very good starting five. The bench is somewhat capable uh, as well. Uh, very well coached by Will Wade, certainly offensively proficient. Uh, their defensive play has actually improved a little bit. I'm get, I've got them now just, you know, top 100 team defensive efficiency. Uh, Kurt, by the way, and I get these numbers when I look up these stats daily, handicapping these games, the Bart Torvik website's outstanding. I mean, any college basketball handicapper should probably be looking at that. The numbers you get from there are outstanding with that, with that each and every team. But uh, there's no doubt, LSU, the SEC, we talk about them, what a great football conference it is. What a great football conference. It is going to become a big-time ba- uh, basketball conference. I really believe that. John Calipari's not going to have a cakewalk anymore. With Kentucky in this conference, Tennessee's good. Uh, you know, you look at the LSU, as you mentioned, and look out for these Auburn. two teams that are going to be coming up, Auburn as well with Pearl, yeah. But I'm talking about two teams that it still might take them time, but when Arkansas brings in an Eric Musselman and Alabama brings yeah. in an 8-0, guess what? They're going to be good. You know, they're going to get those teams to the NCAA tournament at some point. Musselman will get Arkansas there. Oates will get Alabama there because they were able to do it at Nevada and Buffalo, respectively. Uh, those teams are going to get better with those two coaches, and they're going to make that SEC conference as a whole even deeper and even better, top to bottom. Uh, this is going to be a very, very good basketball conference, not football, basketball conference in the next five years or so. 
Yeah, they're um, Arkansas's unbelievable on defense, I and mean, they're unbelievable. I, I they're they're still holding teams under twenty two percent from the free three point line. That's that's amazing, really. Uh, they're turning you over. They've been impressive. You got a good point there, Ryan. Real quick with you, Michigan. Uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I I just don't trust this group outside of uh, Simpson and Teske. I I just don't. I mean, the truth of the matter is everyone on this team outside of those two is a glorified role player. I I don't even know if you could say that. I mean, they've been – you know, Livers has really not stepped up a ton like I thought he would. And, Ryan, they have no road wins. I know they haven't had a ton of road games, but they didn't look good in either road game. Illinois kind of beat them wire to wire. Uh, They they didn't even hit 45 against Louisville. Are you are you starting to get a little worried about this group uh, when it comes to Big Ten play? Because this Big Ten, I mean, th- there's no easy game here anymore. I mean, I know Northwestern and and, and Nebraska aren't great. I mean, but but even Rutgers is tough now. Yeah, no, and Michigan's an interesting team because they did peak so early, and usually it's the other way around. I mean, under John Beeline, this is usually a team that. Um, in years past, would kind of start slow and really just gain momentum as the season would go on as we get into conference tournaments and eventually the NCAA tournament. And would just usually peak towards the end of the season. That's usually what John Beeline, you know, kind of hung his hat on. It's been the complete opposite under uh, Jawan Howard this year. Obviously, everyone knows about the hot start they got off to, you know, beating Gonzaga and, and, and North Carolina and, and, and those teams uh, down the Bahamas. And, they've, you know, they've had a t- very, very tough schedule. Uh, to start the season, and now you're going to be without Isaiah Livers for an extended period of time. Uh, he's out indefinitely with a groin injury he sustained in their uh, last, their second-to-last game um, before the break here. Um, so, look, I just think with Michigan, they were a team that I, going into the year, I just wanted them to see get get into some sort of rhythm under you know Jawan Howard and kind of see what he would implement, how they would you know. Because I mean, these aren't his guys. I mean, these are beeline guys. I wanted to see how they would transition from going from beeline to Howard, and he's done a, a fine job. I just think it was almost a curse the fact that they, you know, started the season so well because now everyone expects so much of them being the the 12th ranked team in the country. Um, I think they're obviously going to have to tread some water here with Livers being out and being in a tough conference like the Big Ten is going to make it difficult. But um, yeah, I just I'm not sure I, I see too much of them. They got to continue to get more out of the bench. Some of the younger players they'll continue to get better as the season prolongs. But um, let's not forget. I mean, we're still only about 14 games into the season. Uh, a lot of a lot of what you're seeing right now um, isn't what you're going to be seeing come you know end of February, early March, and some of these teams. You know. Teams get better. Teams hit their marks and, and and get get rolling as we get into conference tournaments and into the big uh, the big dance. So, um, you know, like you guys said, parity is a big thing uh, this year in college basketball. And with how many um, you know top teams have fallen this year, I'm really looking forward to uh, the 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 NCAA tournament and how things stand there. And you know, as a fan, of course, it's going to be exciting. But as a gambler, I mean, I don't know if you guys have thought about this. I have. Is you know come the, the come the tournament. I mean. I just think I think it's going to be extremely difficult to bet during the college football, uh, college football, excuse me, college basketball NCAA tournament. I think you know you're really going to have to pick your numbers. You're really going to have to dig into these matchups because I think it's going to be really difficult with the parity in college basketball this year. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right, Ed. And you, you got to take every game for what it is. You know, handicap it and look at it. And yeah, the tournament will be fun. Ian, uh, one more team. 
okay? And I, I want to relate this to a team we saw last year. Actually, two teams we saw last year, Texas Tech and Virginia. They, they hung their hat on defense. You know, they got that occasional really good offensive game. But, but I want to talk about a team that I kind of think about when I think about those teams. A team that reminds me of them this year is Purdue. I really like this team. I, I know they have some knocks. They have, you know, five losses on the season. They're not – you know, their numbers aren't going to jump out of you. They, they don't have any real great wins outside of VCU and Virginia. But I'll tell you, I mean, they were right. You know, they, they lost in overtime to Florida State. Um, the Texas game was right there. Um, Butler, I mean, they were in that game for most of it as well. Um, you're going to take Knox, but I think defensively this team is really, really good. Um, if they can just get that consistent Jahad Proctor game, uh, Savanovich has been real good for them. They just need to start finding some consistency offensively. They are deep. They're big. Uh, they can rebound. Um, they don't foul you. They don't put you on the line. I'm telling you, Ian, keep an eye out for Purdue. I, I like this team as the season goes on. Yeah, we'll definitely see uh, how they do. I mean, for Matt Painter, it's been knocking on the door for a few years in the NCAA tournament and never being able to burst on right through that door. Uh, we'll see if he's got that team. I certainly love Matt Harms. I mean, Matt Harms is a big man, and he looks like he's even gotten uh, better this year. You mentioned Eric Hunter, Jahad Proctor. The question for them is, are they going to have that big-time go-to score, close game late, you know, like a Carson Edwards uh, had been uh, for them in the past? I think that's going to be something you're going to want to monitor when they're going down the stretch of some of these games. But you're right about all the attributes. I mean, free-throw shooting, rebounding, good defensive basketball team. Uh, they've got all of the, they got some size, obviously they check all of those boxes and that goes a long way for a team trying to win an NCAA tournament. Uh, so we'll see how Purdue goes. I'm happy to report here because I got the game on one of my TVs here that Tulane's covered. I'm happy about that. Uh, 11 point great. loss against Memphis. They did very good. My guy, Ron Hunter, your guy, Jeff, I know you like him quite a bit oh. as well. Ron Hunter, very good coach, did a great job at Georgia State. This Tulane team, okay, you can, you can rip on the schedule. All right, it's been an easy schedule for them so far, but still, got eight wins already. This team would have lost like 17 in a row or something at the end of last year. It was a dreadful end of the Dunleavy era, you know, when he got sent out of there and they brought in Ron Hunter. Look, they got eight wins already. He doesn't even have his recruits fully in there yet. Look what he's done with them already. They're competing hard. The effort night in, night out with this team has been outstanding. Deshaun Hightower is a great scorer. K.J. Lawson, they, they, they recruited him. Kansas transfer is now with this Tulane team. Gives them a little pop as well. They've improved defensively. Tulane is going to be a scrappy team in the AAC. I don't know how many wins they're going to get, but they're just going to be well-prepared and well-coached and ready well, to go every night with that guy. And another thing with them, like they, their entire team is like made up of transfers. Like, you know, Nick Thomas is from Norfolk State. I mean, Jelly Walker came over. Uh, Thompson's from Rhode Island. You mentioned K.J. Lawson. Uh, Ron Hunter's a hell of a coach. Let me tell you something about the American Athletic Conference. This is not a great season for that group. I, I'm sorry. I mean, Memphis is solid. They're the best team. But, you know, no James Wiseman. Who knows? Cincinnati, I, I think Jaron Cumlin's one of the most selfish players in country. Uh, UCF, they're down this year. I mean, Houston's kind of kind of hanging, but – you know, lately, I mean, um, you know, they're playing well and they're going to be a factor. But, you know, UConn's nothing special. You know, Wichita's hanging, SMU hanging. But, you know, this is an East Carolina team, or uh, not East Carolina, Tulane. They're going to cover a lot of numbers this year. I agree with you 100%. They've got players that are solid. They've played at higher levels. 
and uh, they can get it done on any night. Really nice, impressive uh, coaching job by them tonight. They did a great uh, job yeah. down at Memphis. They, yeah, I mean, it's Tulane definitely. Uh, I, I agree 100%. That's a team I'll be looking to, you know, keep backing uh, throughout AAC play. I'm not surprised Cincinnati in particular struggled. It's the old trying to fit the square peg into a round hole theory. I mean, you go for, one, for multiple years, Mick Cronin, slow-paced, defensive-minded team. You bring in John Brandon. He's trying to speed it up. He's trying to be more of a full-court, up-tempo team. And it's just not a team that's really all that familiar and all that comfortable playing that style just yet. And they've looked it so far this season, the Bearcats. The, you know, the talents there, maybe you give them time to work out the kinks in the new system, which is a, like a 360-degree turn from what they played under Cronin. But there's no doubt they've had some growing pains so far with Brandon uh, running the ship as the new head coach. I'm also happy to report Harvard has beaten San Francisco. Um, not not real sure why they were five-point underdogs. I, I'll tell you, though, the only thing that worried me in this game was the back-to-back. It's a back-to-back game for them, and I don't think they played a back-to-back this year, so that was kind of concerning. But I'm not really sure why they were five-point underdogs to uh, to San Francisco. But uh, Ian Cameron, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, man, I'd love to get you on this show uh, maybe once a week. Always enjoy talking to you. I know Ryan always enjoys uh, hearing from you. I, I tell you, Ryan gets a kick out of your Twitter account, uh, Ian. He uh, he occasionally will will say something to me about your account. He, he enjoys your account. Hey, you're a good follow. Well, I, a good follow. Thank, th- thank you very much, Ryan. I appreciate that. You know, I try to, you know, we're not just trying to, uh, I obviously try to provide info, links to all the, you know, videos I'm doing on a daily basis, but we're trying to provide a little entertainment value. Let's not be a bland and blah and just dull exactly. with our analysis. Let's try to throw in some uh, comic relief in there every now and then. If I want to rip a coach or rip a player or just, you know, vent every now and then, I'll do it. And then usually Twitter's the uh, way I go about doing it. And, uh, as Jeff will attest to, uh, he's been doing that for years too. So uh, we're well versed in the. Uh, if we want to get something off our chest, we'll sometimes do so via Twitter. There you go. Yeah, you're right about that. Hey, by the way, and you said Matt Harms. You kind of look like Matt Harms. If you were like seven foot tall, I feel like that's what you would look like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except I can't play a lick of basketball. He can't. That's the biggest difference. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right about that. Well, hey, listen, Ian, uh, I've said this for a while. we got to get you down here, man. You know, we got sports betting now, and uh, maybe this summer you come down to the shore, hang out with Ryan and I or, or whatever. That sounds like something that is definitely on the radar, a summer trip to Philly in the Jersey area. Uh, definitely on the radar. Uh, we'll definitely talk about some, arranging something like that would be good. Well, I'd love to have you. And uh, all right, buddy. Well, listen. Maybe we'll get you on next week sometime. Uh, enjoy the game. You want to give any? You gotta just give you, give us one play for. Uh, you got anything tomorrow in college basketball? You're looking at? Have you looked at the card yet? Well, right now I'm sweating. A pu- uh, I've got a push guaranteed uh, with this Orange Bowl right now. Virginia, Florida, over 54. You know, we're right on 54 points right now. We're hoping we get something more in the last six minutes to get that game over the total. Uh, tomorrow in the bowl games. Look, Navy, maybe I'm baby, a sucker Navy. for Tom Herman. Yeah, maybe I'm a sucker for Tom Herman as a dog. And I'll be now. Granted, this game concerns me from a Texas standpoint because there's motivation concerns here for them too. You know, Alamo Bowl, considering what the expectation level was for this football team coming into the season. But you can say the same thing, if not more, about Utah. Okay, because Utah was one Pac-12 title game win against Oregon away from maybe a playoff spot, and at the very least being in the Rose Bowl. Let me 
ask you a question, though, because I've heard people mention that. Oh, they're not going to be happy about this. They don't want to play in this game. But they mm-hmm. lost, okay? They had the opportunity to win. It's not like the committee just didn't pick them. They they did. They lost. You know, it's like I, I feel like they've accepted it, no? Like, it's been two weeks now, no? I mean, you, you lost the game. Like, you could have won. If you win the game, you're likely in. Like, I don't understand why they'd still be hanging on that. They might be. Well, we'll definitely find that out tomorrow night. Well, we will. But one thing that concerns me, and it's not just that, that's actually just a piece of the puzzle uh, as to why I'm leaning Texas there. Texas is as healthy as they've been offensively going into any game in weeks coming into this bowl game. Obviously, the time off, the bowl practices, it's healed some of their offensive players. They were really banged up on the O-line and running back most of the season. They're going to have most of those guys back. And Utah's dealing with some key absences on defense. And it's the same absences that sort of plagued them a little bit against Oregon uh, in the Pac-12 game. It's not that same Kyle Whittingham stout defense we saw most of the season due to the attrition they've had in, with injuries. So that's definitely something that Texas might be able to take advantage of. And her, you talk about a coach that has his team ready to go for a bowl game. You know, Herman's 3-0 and straight up, 3-0 and against the spread in bowl games as a head coach. The one year at Houston, the two years at Texas, and he won each of those games outright as an underdog. So it, there's dubious concerns. This is not where Texas wanted to be ultimately, but, you know, I think this is a one-score game, worst-case scenario. And I like Vautech tomorrow a little bit against Kentucky. You know, you shut down Kentucky running the football, you beat Kentucky. Virginia Tech's run defense was better late in the season. Hendon Hooker changed the fortunes of this team offensively when he took over at the quarterback spot. They went 6-1 and straight up with him as a starting quarterback. They played their best football uh, in the second half. Uh, I think they can shut down Kentucky's run game, make them one-dimensional, and they're not a team that's going to throw their way to a victory. Uh, Vautech, I think, at the short price is worth laying in that one. And looking ahead to Wednesday, I'll throw out one there. A couple, actually. I'm going to go with Oregon against Wisconsin. I mean, we saw a Pac-12 team finally beat a Big Ten team today, so I don't think that argument, you know, is not something you can bet blindly. Oh, the Big Ten just beats the Pac-12. I just think Oregon's better than Wisconsin. I really do. And I think people are sleeping on that run defense of Oregon. You know, Oregon can stop the run this year better than they have at any point in recent years. They can at least neutralize Jonathan Taylor. And we talked about the Kentucky game. This is another one. Jack Cohn. Can he lead that team to victory if he has to throw the ball a lot and they key in on Taylor? I'm not so sure. Uh, I think Oregon can win that game. And I like points in the Michigan-Alabama game. I'm staying off the side. I don't know if Alabama you know, is going to be fully into this game. But that speed that they have on offense, and even with Mac Jones instead of two at quarterback, Michigan defense gets shredded, shredded every single time they play a team with speed on offense. They can't handle it. Look what Ohio State did to them again uh, this year. Uh, Alabama, if they're even somewhat interested, somewhat, they can get the number of points they want, I think, in that game. And I think Shea Patterson against an Alabama defense that's got two starters sitting, skipping the game due to the and preparing for the NFL draft, two key defensive starters sitting for this game, an Alabama defense that's way down this year from where it's been in years past. I think Shea Patterson and the Michigan offense can get something going. So I'm not involved in the side there. But give me that game over the total of 58. I think both offenses get it going in the uh, Citrus Bowl Wednesday, New Year's Day in Orlando. Good stuff, Ian. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, though, 10-2 and two in bowl games against the number, I be- or straight up, I believe. So keep that in mind. Uh, Ian, good stuff, man. We will uh, talk to you soon, all right? Thanks for coming on. All right, Ryan, Jeff, take care. Have a good night. Hey, go, shove another peach in your mu- go shove another peach in your mouth. Go shove another peach in your mouth.
Yeah, it was one of my better lines. I will say that. All right, guys, take care. See you. See you. Uh, Ryan, before we go, um, just wanted to throw something out to you. I got something for you tomorrow. Listen to this. What, how does that Utah-Texas game not go over? I mean, has anyone watched Texas defensively this year? This team can't stop anything. I mean, they're absolutely horrible against the pass. Utah's going to own the line of scrimmage. Utah's going to put up yeah, 30 your plus. Buddy, your, buddy Dave, your buddy Dave Miranda won't be uh, on the sideline, though. Oh, true. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I still though, I, I just can't see a ton of like change there. I feel like that's like a thirty-four twenty-seven type of game. Like I fifty-four and a half is too low. Another one I like, I like, um, I like Wyoming to, uh, to, to beat Georgia State. I, I'm not really, sh- I guess I'm not real sure why this number is so low. Uh, Georgia State. I think that Wyoming's going to really roll in the trenches in this game. Uh, Wyoming's got a big-time running back, Xavier Valade. This is a Georgia State team. Can't stop the run at all. Uh, that's one I like. Uh, Ryan, give your pick for that uh, Michigan game. What do you think is going to happen there? Over? Yeah, no, I like where Ian said was that with the over for sure. Um, I think both teams, you know, definitely score points. I mean, Michigan's offense, look, I mean, they, they have a lot of talent over there. You know, say what you want about Michigan, but, I mean, they had two NFL receivers on the outside and, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins, which I think will give uh, Alabama some trouble. One of their, their their cornerbacks is sitting. That was one of the one of the two players that Ian was alluding to. Um, but yeah, and it goes back to what one of our previous callers were saying. I mean, the, the line definitely jumps out to people. I don't think many people, and look, the, the national stage likes to stay away from Michigan. They like to beat up on Michigan and not, you know, not side with the Wolverines. So, um, I would go over and I would, I would, I would lean with Michigan, man. I think this team, uh, has something to prove in this ball game. Um, a game I do like tomorrow though, Jeff, um, is um, I don't know what, what your thoughts on it are. Uh, I know there's there's a handful of games tomorrow, but I kind of like Arizona State tomorrow against Florida State. Um, they're laying four, depending on kind of what number you're looking at here. Um, I, I feel a little better about it if Eno Benjamin was playing, a very, very talented running back for Arizona State, um, guy that I'm actually almost went to Michigan, but I digress. Um, I wish he was playing. But on the flip side, Cam Akers, you know, one of the only playmakers that um, that Florida State has, he's sitting out um, for for Florida State to prepare for the draft. So I do like that. I'm not a fan of James Blackman. Never was. Um, I just I don't see it with the kid. He just doesn't look like a quarterback to me. Very brittle. Um, not a huge arm. Um, so um, I, I like what Herm Edwards is doing down there in the desert. Um, I really really like. Uh, Jaden Daniels uh, for Arizona State. What that kid's done this year as a true freshman to come in and you know knock off some of the teams he's knocked off like uh, like Oregon and just you know getting some big wins down there under his belt. I think uh, obviously um, with the coaching transition with Florida State, Arizona State has the match of uh, the the, um, the upper hand there. Herm will obviously get these uh, these boys ready to play. Um, you know, he'll get them focused in. And I like Arizona State laying the, uh, laying the points here, Jeff. I don't know what your thoughts are. Have you even, you know, thought about that? Yeah, it, it's concerning for me. I'll tell you why. The, the one concern I have is you mentioned Daniels. He's had a great season, uh, but he's a true freshman. And he's not going to have his Belcott running back in the backfield. And that's I, – I, I love Eno Benjamin. I know you mentioned him. I think he's terrific. I think that's – a concern for a young quarterback to not have that kind of security blanket back there. Um, and it's, 
you know, it's not like he might play like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's not going to play. You're not going to have him. And, you know, you have to wonder, maybe FSU, there's a, kind of a pep in the step with a new coach coming in. Uh, shout out to our friend uh, from high school, Ryan, Mike Trier, who uh, just took a job down at Florida State. Shout out to him. Uh, he was yep. a kid we went to high school with. He's a, uh, he was at Marshall coaching uh, the safeties there and doing the recruiting coordination. Uh, he just got a job down at Florida State. Good for him. Uh, you got to figure that uh, group, as far as that player group, is going to be having a little pep in their step. I think the game's close. I'm not interested in laying four, I got to tell you. If I'm looking at that game, I I, I really would probably avoid. I'll tell you what I would do, Ryan, if I were you. Take the money you were going to bet on uh, Arizona State and bet the Naval Academy tomorrow against Kansas State. No, I like like them too. I like Navy too. Chris Kleiman is on to something there. I think they're really going to improve Kansas State. You'll finally get that, you know, old uh, Bill Snyder out of there, but – I get some real concern about this uh, Wildcat defense tomorrow. The Naval Academy, we know what they love to do. They're the best player in the field. They're off a big-time win against the Army. It's time to finish the season on a high note, Ryan. And as I said, they're the best player in the field in Malcolm Perry. You know what Malcolm Perry, Ryan, is? He's a senior. Uh, These uh, cadets, his uh, colleagues there are going to send him out on a high note just like they did with Keenan Reynolds a few years ago. This is a very similar situation. There were three-point favorites in the military bowl against Penn State. It was one of the biggest bets I've ever made as a sports better. Uh, they beat the hell out of Pittsburgh. They are going to beat Kansas State into submission. I know they took the uh, Patriot team plane out to the uh, bowl game. I know they, uh, I believe, gifted it to them. So um, I think they're going to come out in style, get a win, and uh, cruise and win by double digits. Um Ryan, it's about time to wrap it up. Before we do that, I do want to say a, a quick message here. I, I saw a, uh, you know, it, it's sad anymore in this country what we see uh, on TV. Um, and it, it's not a movie. It's not a TV show. It's real life. And um, I don't know if you saw this, Ryan, but a pretty horrific video out of Texas uh, the other of night. Course, they, yeah. uh, there was a, uh, a church service going on, and a gunman was seated in a pew, and I uh, basically got up, pulled the gun, and just started shooting uh, people. Uh, I, I want to shout out a guy, Ryan, that intervened. I guess they have these uh, – they have a security team there, like a, a volunteer group. And this guy stood up right away within five seconds and completely uh, murdered and killed that scumbag person. Um, what What a great lifeless thing to do. Um, you know, we talk all the time about gun control and laws and stuff. I mean, think if there were no um, concealed to carry permits, Ryan, then um, th- this psychopath lunatic just, you know, he could have killed, you know, 50, 100 people here. Who knows? He could have killed the whole entire church. Who knows what he had on him? Um, it's sad anymore what we're seeing in this country. Hate is really um, out there, and uh, you just you just real, real bad for those yeah, and, you know, the one thing, too, two things that jumped out at me right away when I saw that video. One was, um, if you notice, I mean, I've, I I went back and watched the video numerous times just to dissect it, not to keep watching it, just but more just to dissect pieces of the video. And two things, like I said, that jumped out to me right away. One is there are multiple people that had firearms there in the in the video. So, I mean, like I said, hey. If that guy didn't do the job, it looked like there were other people there ready to step up and, and do the job as well. So kudos to them. And two, 
the amount of elderly people that were there in that church was alarming that, you know, and like you said, how many people could have possibly uh, perished if, 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 you know, these guys didn't intervene because look, I mean, elderly people, they can't just jump up and run out of the church. I mean, they, they're, they're old, they, you know, it's going to take time and they don't move quickly like we do. So, you know, thank God that, 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 that guy was stopped and, and uh, yeah, it was a, just a chilling video for sure. Uh, but kudos to that guy. And I don't know if you saw, he actually did an interview uh, with the local, yeah. local news crew and uh, basically said, look, I'm not a hero. I did what, I would expect anyone else to do, you know, I saw, saw someone that needed taken out and, you know, I reacted and that's, that's what I did. And I'm going to go on with my life just like if it didn't happen. I will tell anyone that's listening to this show, do yourself a favor. You don't want to carry a gun around. I get it. Go out and arm yourself, put it in your house. Just be there and prepared. If something were to ever happen, don't be the guy that doesn't prepare for themselves. And uh, you got to deal with it. Um, Knock on wood that it, Hopefully never happens, but shout out to that guy. All right, Ryan, it's time to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for hanging on. Thanks for coming on tonight. Um, I'm sure, sure we'll talk to you after the new year. Uh, we will not be on the air the next couple of days. I know, guys, you know, if you're listening to the show, we, we've had some breaks, but, you know, there's holidays mixed in. You know, we, you know, people have families and stuff and uh, whatever. So, uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on. We'll, we'll probably talk to you after the holiday. We'll talk Eagles and uh, um, Seahawks coming up uh, maybe on uh, Thursday or Wednesday. Sure. Sounds good, man. No problem. Thanks a lot. All right, buddy. Take it, take it easy. All right, guys, we're out of here. You all have a good night. We will uh, see you back here probably on Thursday. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast Sunday through Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. As you know, we cover it all. But if you do need some more, follow Jeff Nadu on Twitter at Jeff Nadu, and also get his work at dmocwins.com. If you would like to track Donnie, check him out on Twitter at RightSideVP, and also his work at RightWager.com.